Greetings, all of my dear friends across the Fruited Plain. My name is Patrick Gunnels, and this is yet another Reading Epic Threads live stream. I come to you today on this January 3rd, 2022, 7.58 p.m. Central Standard Time. And of course, we have a very special show for you today with our very special guest who needs no introduction, Praying Medic. Those of you who are not familiar with our guest, well, then you must be new here. Because Dave Hayes, praying medic, has been part of this community since the strange war burst out into the open when Trump came down the escalator and Q came onto the scene. Uh, a former medic who prayed with patients and has become quite an outstanding spokesman for the concept of healing through faith. And I don't want to I don't want to uh, to characterize it any more than uh, than I already have. But I'm just very very happy and and humbled to have here in the studio today with me dave hayes praying medic how are you dave doing good how's my brother from another mother doing uh, absolute schlepping t-shirts and uh and talking about Threadfest. how things been going with you i, I like the hair that's uh it's looking pretty good i i I keep getting asked, are we related? I mean, do, do, are, we, are we twins? What's the deal here? The the bald, bald blather, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, things have been going good. My my Telegram channel is a little bit wild uh, right now. Um, we're just seeing a lot of a lot of healing, a lot of miracles happening. And you know, when you're a former atheist and you see people getting healed in miracles, you're like. Huh, this is pretty cool stuff. So um, true. And and you and I have that in common. Both of us are former atheists. I think well, I think you were an atheist, weren't you? I was an atheist for I was an atheist from when I was 20 to when I was 42. 22 years an atheist. Okay. Very recently. Maybe, maybe even call me, and I, I didn't become like hardcore Christian until like two years ago. So I spent a great deal of time truly believing there was no God. Right. And, and the Great Awakening shook you up. The Great Awakening shook me up to my core. It changed everything for me. You just, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it. You just realize, oh, there is a creator. And I have been essentially being watched by him this entire time. And God help me. <laughs> that, that's a humbling thought, isn't it? It's a terrifying thought. <laughs> knowing, knowing that God's been there the whole time, observing everything, and you've pretty much been flipping him off, you know, doing whatever you want. And mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I, I see over there. You've actually been there the whole time watching, huh? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's finding out you've been under surveillance, perfect <clears throat> surveillance the entire time. Exactly, exactly. So we have, we have pretty similar experiences uh, when it comes to our coming to Christ yeah. Uh, in, in, from atheism, which is yeah. weird. Did you start off? How were you raised religiously? Yeah. How did you start well, off I was, there? Yeah, I was raised Catholic. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was taught the catechism in school, and I got to be about a teenager. And we were going to Mass every, every Sunday. And I just saw a lot of hypocrisy in, in the church. You know, what I saw was, um, people going into, into church on Sunday, acting all pious, dressing in their nice clothes, acting all 
religious and then you know the other six days of the of the week uh, living like hell mm -hmm. living like god wasn't there living like there wasn't like god didn't matter other than going into mass on sunday and pretending and acting like you know everything's groovy and and you're you know you're part of the choir i just i just saw this hypocrisy like would people would act very spiritual and holy and religious one day of the week and then like something else completely differently the rest of the week and that hypocrisy really struck me um i just couldn't i couldn't square the circle um and when i was a teenager i just told my mom and dad look i'm not going to mass anymore you know this religious crap is it's hypocrisy it's stupid i don't believe in it i don't buy it uh and i'm done and i'm not going to mass anymore i was like 13 years old and I just walked away from church, walked away from God, wasn't interested at all. When I, in high school, I got very interested in biology and science. And uh, I just, I, I, the further I, I went down the road, the more I became convinced in evolution and naturalism and, you know, and, and moral relativism and all, and all the other stuff that goes with that. And I lived as an atheist. Uh, from the time I was probably 13 until the time I was 38. And I was I was a pretty hardcore Darwinist, atheist. And Darwinist. I, argue, I like that word. Yeah, the, the Freemason, yeah. the Freemason atheists. Uh, well, the, no, 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 it's not that the Freemasons are atheists. It's that Darwin definitely wanted to promote atheism. And right. uh, he and his family were definitely influenced by the Freemasons. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't just, you know, a casual um, atheist. I used to pick on Christians and mock them and I hated them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I was very antagonistic towards people of faith. It's really um, a horrible feeling thinking about it in retrospect. I, would, I wouldn't describe myself as, as having been antagonistic towards people of faith. I would say it was more condescending towards people of faith in my case. Uh, when I was like 18, I discovered the works of Ayn Rand and fit in with my conservative libertarian worldview in a big way. And her, she was definitely anti-religious, anti-faith. Uh, but she also provided something of something similar to a religious framework of her own that right. allowed there to be this kind of cult, cult that formed around her in, in a certain way. I was, I still, I still retain my, my agreement with most of her politics, I guess. Uh, and I also, I, I still retain an enormous amount of my un philosophical understanding, debate understanding from her. But one of the things that did come out of my devotion to the works of Ayn Rand was I was a, I would, I would call myself a militant atheist based upon the, the Ayn Rand stuff. It was that man must right. have faith in himself. Man is a heroic being. Living on earth is a good thing. Things that all I, I've completely reversed myself on since then. But uh it's what a lot of people don't understand is that um in in the secular society there are very much um what i would call religious practices right i mean d depending on what you're what you're into whether you're into you know following astronomy for example mm -hmm. and cosmology and Carl Sagan and, and, and those people, or whether you're into paleontology and zoology, or whether you're into political philosophy, it's regardless of which stream 
of scientific naturalism you get into, there are doctrines that you have to learn. Uh, there is there is dogma that you're expected to uh, regurgitate. There are uh, ideologies and there's philosophies and there are at least propositional um, statements that you're supposed to agree with. And there are religious services that they have when, when they when they have all these uh, award ceremonies and when uh, people go to Harvard and they you know speak on you know whether it's the the um, the fossil record and you've got Stephen J people like Stephen Jay Gould would have would do all these um, speeches and, and give lectures on the fossil record and and, and so, what science had had uh, revealed these um, these are very much very similar to the churches that people would attend on Sunday and they would be indoctrinated by these people. Maybe like I said, expected to believe it. And they had their little ceremonies. It's, it's weird looking back at it in retrospect. I, I began to see that uh, people who practice scientific naturalism, it is sort of a religion of sorts. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, we worship God. It's we worship knowledge. Or I would call it I would call it a cult. Uh, yeah. And the reason I say it's a cult is because it has all the characteristics of a cult. It's they they want you to shun anyone outside the group. Uh, if the anti-scientific people must be shunned. Yeah, uh, they are there. There is. It's very protectionist. Yes. Oh, yeah. Apostasy and heresy are punished by excommunication. Yep. Uh, all of the and by the way, it's all none of it's. And also, it's all expected to be taken on faith. That's an important aspect, because when you go to, say, a lecture on, I don't know, paleontology, if you actually drill all the way down to the, 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 the primitives of what they're claiming about their field, you can't verify all of it. You can't. You, can't. you have to take their word I, for it. I, I studied retrospectively i studied darwinism after the fact i knew more a lot a lot more about uh, paleontology um, after i became a christian because i went in i went back and i looked at what these people were actually saying and if you look at the writings i mean stephen jay gould um he was you know uh, chair of the uh, at harvard for the geology department he wrote 30, 35 books on paleontology, geology, the fossil record. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. If you dig through his, his writings, you find some very interesting confessions. Now, those confessions never got out to the mainstream. Of but Gould, Gould had an, an, in a number of um, his books, basically admitted that the fossil record does not show gradual uh, changes as Darwin theorized. That... All of the changes that appear in the fossil record appear suddenly that the fossil record has long periods of stasis for millions of years. There is no gradual change and that Darwin's proposition really never panned out. They, he spent about a year or two with other colleagues looking at all of the evidence in the fossil record that had been collected over 100 years or so. And their conclusion was that the, there was no gradual, fine-tuned um, evolutionary change in the fossil record that caused Gould to later propose a new theory of evolution, which he called punctuated equilibrium, mm -hmm. which basically states that 
Um, you have many different species. They exist without without biological change for millions of years. And then suddenly uh, a new species appears on the scene. Literally a bird or a turtle gives birth to a completely new uh, species. Mm -hmm. Rex right. Tullis points out discrete jumps in the evolutionary record. Right. So, right. so it's it's funny. I've heard one objection to that, uh, to the whole the whole concept of speciation through natural selection, where you know we might have a, a, you know certain adaptive traits that that persist because those traits are you know those I guess conducive to greater con greater reproduction. But one thing that's never going to happen by an adaptive trait is the spontaneous production of new organs. You're not going to evolve right. an eye from right. no exactly. Eye. What's what what what? <laughs> and and that's another thing that could, when you get you know going down these rabbit trails is they have never been able to um, show how evolutionary changes can create new non-existing organs or you know body systems. It just doesn't mm -hmm. happen. And imagine imagine if you spontaneously grew a third eye. <laughs> No one would want to reproduce with you. It wouldn't even right. happen. Right. Or a fin on your back. Yeah. Or, or whatever. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so so my, my journey came from scientific naturalism, right? And then I became a Christian in 2000. And I went to church and I read the Bible and I learned about uh, Christianity. Didn't learn a whole lot about God personally. And then in 2008... Uh, that's when everything changed. <laughs> I had, I had my first dream in 25 years. And in that dream, I basically met God. Um, and he talked to me and he told me I was working as a paramedic at the time. And he said, I want you to pray for your patients. And when you do, I'm going to heal them. Now, even though I was a Christian at that time, I did not believe in miracles. I did not believe in healing. I thought all that stuff ceased 2000 years ago. So here I had God telling me that all my thinking was wrong and I needed to like rearrange things. Yeah. And I needed to start praying for my patients. And I very grudgingly started praying for my patients. Over the next, you know, six to eight months, I, I prayed for hundreds of people, didn't see anyone healed. And um, eventually I, I started taking this healing thing seriously started reading some books on healing, watched some videos of people who were successful in healing. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I was doing it all wrong. And it was just, it was a matter of technique. There's a, there's a way that you, there's actually a technique that you can learn. It's not rocket science where you can develop a pretty fair uh, consistency in getting people healed. Um, and uh, when I, once I started doing that, Man, we are just seeing people heal like crazy. And and now on Telegram, in my Telegram channel, about a month ago, I, I was foolish enough to post a testimony of someone who prayed for themselves and got healed. And that spurred a bunch of other people to start praying for themselves, and they got healed. And I posted their testimonies. Uh -huh. And that spurred a few dozen more people to pray for themselves, and they got healed. And I started posting their testimonies. And now we have all these crazy testimonies that people are posting about praying for their dogs, praying for the cats, praying for themselves, praying for their relatives. And there's this, this healing revival is taking place on my Telegram channel. And I just think it's glorious. 
It is a really, really powerful thing to think that we can heal ourselves without the help of the medical industrial complex, which Bingo. Really, yeah. Bingo. One of the things that's happened to me during this time is I've said to myself, how do I avoid ever being put into the clutches of the vampires in the white coats? Uh, <laughs> well, if I get sick, I could be in trouble. What's what's what is happening to a lot of people is they're becoming aware that there is corruption in the healthcare industry. Like that's what the Great Awakening is all about. The Great Awakening is the exposure of institutional corruption. And when people ask me, you know, my 10 second elevator pitch, what is Q about? Mm -hmm. Q is about the exposure of institutional corruption in healthcare, in government, military, the intelligence community, in academia, higher education, in the media, in Hollywood, in the church. Q is exposing corruption in many areas of society and the healthcare industry is one of them. And people are starting to realize like, wait a minute, these pharmaceutical companies are making billions of dollars off of untested um, drugs. Uh, now we're being forced to take vaccinations against our will and people in other countries are being incarcerated basically you know and there's this indoctrination going on at the mainstream media people are waking up to, and so your question is really good like like how is it possible for me if i have um, a health crisis to get healed outside of the, the healthcare industry and, and i think it's possible you know god gave me a dream back in 2013 or 2014 and in that dream he showed me that he has a healthcare system that he wants to implement that is going to replace our current healthcare system. And um, let's see, no appointments necessary, no deductibles, <laughs> um, no side effects. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not like we're gonna take out the wrong kidney uh, uh -huh. if, we pray, if we pray for you, That no iatrogenic. Uh, damages, no, mm -hmm. no lawsuits, no liability. I mean, what I'm what I'm seeing on Telegram with all these uh, people getting healed is this: people are becoming awakened to the fact that if we partner with God, we could get to a point, literally get to a point one day where we really don't need a healthcare system. In fact, on my live stream this afternoon on my Telegram channel, I was telling a story about how John G. Lake, in the early 1900s, between 1910 and 1920, he started a thing in Spokane, Washington called the Healing Rooms. And he trained uh, people in divine healing and deliverance, sent them out into the community, and they started praying for people to get healed. They had such great success. They had over 100,000 documented healing miracles in that time span. There were so many people getting healed the Spokane hospital closed. They, they literally closed down the Spokane hospital. It's a historical fact. You can go on Wikipedia and look it up. Wow. Um, they, there was such great success. They actually closed down a hospital. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Let's, 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 there, we have, we have historical evidence. Mm -hmm. that if people get this thing. If they get this healing thing, if they realize that God wants to heal people, Mm -hmm. We really don't need our, our healthcare system. Yeah. 
You talked about when you first had a dream that in which God told you to pray with your patients. Yep. And you were unsuccessful for a while. And you said the reason was because your technique was incorrect. Can you speak a little bit more about that? I was begging God to heal people. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, what I would end up doing. I know. That's what all of us do. That's what uh -huh. everyone does when they don't understand how this thing works. We all say, well, Lord, if it's your will, you know, heal that person or God, will you please heal this person or heal me of this? And it's not that God won't heal someone using that model. He can and he does sometimes. Mm -hmm. But that's not actually the model Jesus gave his disciples. The model that Jesus gave his disciples is found in the first two verses of Luke chapter 9. And it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to himself. He gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. <laughs> All right. So, so you're not Jesus, begging anymore. You have the authority. Jesus gave his disciples the power they needed to work miracles, and he gave them the authority they needed to cure diseases and, and get rid of demons. If the Son of God gives you the authority and the power you need to work miracles and healing, you don't have to beg God for it. And that's that was what I had to learn is, okay, well, I have this power and authority. How does that work? So, uh, like I said, I was watching videos uh, and reading books. And I saw these guys. They would have someone who had a uh, you know carpal tunnel in their wrist or they had a broken ankle, and they would just command the bones to be healed. They would command uh, inflammation to leave. They would command pain to leave. They would command new ligaments, new cartilage, new tendons, new meniscus. And I was like, what? You can't do that. You can't tell God what to do. Like, that's that's crazy. That's like illegal. Uh -huh. <laughs> the, the same reaction that a lot of people are having in my Telegram channel right now mm -hmm. uh, who have been told that you don't order God around and you don't command God to do stuff. Well, you're not actually ordering God to do anything. You're you are exercising the authority Jesus gave us. Right? He gave us authority and we exercise that authority by uh in kind of in the way Jesus did, right? Jesus would command a demon to leave and it would mm -hmm. go. He would he rebuked when Peter's mother-in-law was uh, had a fever. He rebuked the fever and it left. He rebuked the storm and it became calm. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that was him exercising authority. And then there's power, release of power. Power and authority are different. Authority is generally commanding something to leave that's not supposed to be there. It's commanding a tumor to go out of a person's body. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll speak to that mountain, say, move, and it'll be gone. Well, that's the exercise of authority. So uh, when people have um, viral infections or bacterial infections or tumors, they have an invading organism that's not supposed to be there. I just command it to leave. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people healed of, you know, COVID and all kinds of bacterial infections. And I've seen a lot of tumors go away by commanding them to leave. That's the exercise of authority. Now, the release of power is different. Um, when we become Christians, the, the power of God comes to live inside of us. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, with fire, right? He told his disciples, go and wait for the promise of the Father. On the, and on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and 
filled the believers. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So we have the Spirit of God living in us. That is the power of God to heal people, and we just need to release it. So when the woman with the flow of blood for 12 years crept up behind Jesus and said, I know if I grab the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She grabbed the hem of his garment, power left his body into her and healed her. And he turned around to the disciples and said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, what do you mean, Lord? Everyone's touching you. You're in a crowd of people. He said, I felt power leave me. Who touched me? And then the woman came and she testified that she was healed. Jesus said, your faith has made you well, right? So uh, power, we release power. A lot of times um, I'll pray for people to be healed and I won't touch them and I won't say anything. I can put my hand near someone's knee or wrist if it's injured and I just release power and their injury is healed. And it doesn't matter if they're in the room with me or not. <laughs> I do it. I do it on my computer screen all remotely. I just, you know what I'm going to do right now? Yeah. I'm going to do a demonstration. I love it. I'm going to do a demonstration. And some of the people watching right now, you're going to be healed. And I'm going to show you what I do. Um, I can, th there's different ways you can do it. I can just put my hand out. And in my mind, in my soul, I am aware. I'm just telling, I'm just saying, look, in my mind, I'm releasing power. And someone is going to be healed by the release of power. And the supernatural power of God, it's in this, it's a spiritual power. So it can travel across the world. It can travel anywhere. I don't have to be in the same room with the person. Mm -hmm. Unlike people who do energy healing, who have to be in the same room with you, Holy Spirit is not limited by distance. So the power of God can heal anyone anywhere. And I'm releasing power right now. And if you have a knee injury, uh, you're going to be healed. I command meniscus to be made brand new, new ligaments, new tendons, new bones, be healed right now, new cartilage, new, all the soft tissue healed, bruises healed. If you have carpal tunnel in your wrist, you're going to be healed. The power of God is healing you right now. Carpal tunnels be open, pain and inflammation leave. Lord, bring your healing presence upon these people. Bring your healing presence upon them and bring healing to them. Okay, now that's a demonstration. That is a release of power, and power works creative miracles. So if a person has bone-on-bone um, -bone in their knee joint, their meniscus is sh shredded, power will create a new meniscus. It, power works creative miracles. New meniscus, new bones new ligaments, new eye structures. If your eye is all messed up, power would create a brand new eye, right? So that's, you know, like I said, power and authority works slightly differently. But once, you know, I just I, I, I did a little reading, watched some videos, and I was like, okay, I get this. You know, it's it's like I said, it's not rocket science. It, and and anyone can do it. There's a There's a misconception out there that this is only for gifted people. I'm not a gifted person. I'm a former atheist. <laughs> okay. And when God told me to go out and heal people, I was like, it's not going to work. <laughs> like, I don't have the gift. I, I don't, it, I, I prayed for 500 people. Nobody got healed. If I had the gift of healing, those people would have been healed as soon as I laid hands on them. And they weren't. I went for six, seven, eight months and no one was healed. 
I do not have the gift of healing. Uh, I'm a pretty hard-headed, stubborn person. It took a lot of pounding on me for God to get me to, to understand how this thing works. If you are a, a Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you can work miracles. Jesus told us that's his commission. Go out, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, which means cure incurable diseases, and and proclaim the kingdom. That's that's the gospel message, and that's what I'm doing. And anyone can do it. It's true that it's true. I know that everyone can do it. I got that part. But but Miss K's mother, who Mer, um, Kristen's my my uh, my friend Kristen, who's her. I put her chat on the screen. Uh, her her mother has a blood clot, so I was hoping maybe we could do one for uh, Kristen's mom. Blood clot? Yes, blood clot. Kristen's mom. <clears throat> Kristen's mom. Oh, Lord, bring your presence upon her. Bring your healing presence upon Kristen's mom. I command blood clots to be dissolved right now. I command her blood to be healed. I command her clotting factors to be normal. Lord, bring your healing presence. I command lungs to be healed, heart healed, clots broken up, normal coagulopathy right now in the name of Jesus. All right. Amen. All right. So anyway, uh, yeah, healing is fun once you get the hang of it. And, and what I've been doing on Telegram is I've been posting some basic instruction for people on how, uh, how to exercise authority, how to release power, how to work miracles and people are stepping out and they're doing it. And that's why you're seeing all these testimonies in my yeah. telegram channel, because people are realizing, look, when I say that anyone can do this, most of the people who are sharing their testimonies, they've never done this before. They mm -hmm. have no instruction. They're they didn't go to seminary. Mm -hmm. They've never done it before. They're just trying it for the first time and boom, a miracle happens and they're as shocked as anyone that it actually worked. It's amazing. And it's really just, just the concept of Laetrile. So uh, Andy Foster, who does the USA Devolution blog, wrote a really long essay about uh, his mother who was able to heal herself from cancer using uh, vitamin B17, uh, hmm. Laetrile, some people call it. And anybody who was distributing that, the feds would come in and start arresting them. It was, it was, oh that bad uh, wow. <clears throat> imagine the kind of stranglehold on big pharma that could on, on on just the medical industry that could be released one of the things that i i've been kind of just looking into is the fact that we are much more important and powerful beings than we have been led to believe by the powers that should not be and yep. i think that that's a demonstration of it what you're talking we, about. we have a lot more power than anyone realizes we, we tend to think of power in terms of the elected officials and the deep state. They have all the power and we're just, you know, little slaves of theirs. Actually, that's not the case. Uh, we have we have much more power because we're we have numerical superiority. Mm. But we also have power in terms of uh, being representatives of God's kingdom, uh, his kingdom of light, his kingdom of power, his kingdom of might, his kingdom of miracles. And I think by the time this is all done with the exposure of the corruption in big pharma, exposure of corruption in the healthcare system, I think that a lot of people are going to be very uh, jaded 
and wary about the healthcare system long term. And I think a lot of people are going to turn to God yeah. and say, hey, uh, apparently God has a, a better solution than, you know, me taking drugs every day and having to go into a doctor and, you know, pay $3,000 out of my pocket for, for a procedure that doesn't work. Um, well, no, no, they pay for the procedure that doesn't work because, and I quote, they believe in science. Right. Boy, that sure, sound, that sure sounds scientific. Yeah, don't don't ask us. Don't don't ask us to show you the science. Just trust the science. Oh yeah, I trust, <laughs> I, I trust the science, Lord. It's, yeah, it's and you so know, it's, religious it's, in nature. What's really crazy is I have these friends who you know they're being told by their doctors they have to have a procedure, and the doctor is telling them you know there's no guarantee the procedure is going to work. In fact, there's probably a 50-50 chance that it won't work, but we'll do it anyway. You know what a lot of people don't realize when they go in to have surgery on their neck or back because they've got a herniated disc um, is there's a about a 50 percent chance they're going to have worse pain after the procedure than than before because that's just how it works uh, when you fuse when you take do a laminectomy infusion you fuse the bones mm -hmm. you put more pressure on the discs above and below and then the nerves uh, at that at that level, they, then they become inflamed and you start having more pain and numbness. And it's just, it, it, it's, um, it's a dog chasing its tail. What people need to understand is that um, getting discs healed supernaturally is like the easiest thing in the world. Like I can't tell you how many people I've, I've prayed for who've had, you know, disc herniation and sciatica and everything else and they get healed. It's not rocket. It's not hard to do, and you can save somebody a lot of difficulty and time and trauma uh, if you just pray for them, exercise authority, and release power. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's crazy what we can do if we'll just apply it. My gosh, how how long ago was it that you had that moment when God asked you to start? God told you to start praying with your patients. How long ago was that? Twenty oh eight, two thousand eight. Was that before or after the collapse? Because 2008 was a, was a right before. Year. Okay. Because yep. uh, the collapse started, I think, in September mm -hmm. of 2008 ish. And I had my dream. It was on 8808, uh, August 8th, wow. 2008. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing all by itself. 080808. Yeah. The eight is a number in the Bible of new beginnings. Wow. <laughs> I wish I I should have tracked all my my date numbers. I haven't I haven't actually studied any of the number stuff in, in any I don't, I'm not into numerology and numbers and stuff, but mm -hmm. I do write down my dreams and I put dates on on all the dreams and think significant things that happened to me. Yeah. So did you find that you were a, were you a frequent dreamer before all of those things happened? I had never had dreams. Okay, yeah. Uh, and and people it, say, oh, no, you did have dreams. You just don't remember them. No, I, I didn't have dreams at all. Uh, I had dreams as a child. By the time I got to be 20 or 21, I just didn't have dreams at all, ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the youthful age of 46 years old, I started having dreams again. 2008. I have dreams pretty much every night now. That's incredible. And you write them down every time. You got a dream journal every time? I, I write them down. Uh, I've got a stack of three by five index cards on my nightstand, a pen and a flashlight, and I write them down and I put a date on them. And holy cats, uh, this week I've had some crazy dreams, um, especially on the 30th and the 31st. 
um, like dreams and visions all night long. I hardly ever slept at those nights because I was getting so many dreams and visions. Most of it good. A lot of good. I have a lot of prophetic dreams that uh, foreshadow things that are going to happen. Mm -hmm. I keep seeing good things. Just nothing but good things coming. I, the Holy Spirit gives me insights about things that are happening behind the scenes that just people aren't aware of. And the funny thing is I don't get like, uh, in, like details that I can share with people. It's not like, you know, I get names and dates and like I'm looking at the briefings and, oh, I, I can see the next people are going to be arrested, mm -hmm. uh, connected to Ghislaine Maxwell. I don't often get that detailed inf information. I get glimpses of things happening in government, in courts, in grand jury rooms, and things of that nature. And I know what's going on. I know they're involved in something to do with Spygate, or they're involved in something that's happening over here. And there's all kinds of things that are going on um, behind the scenes that we're not aware of. And I just get this knowing, like, oh, this is the White Hats, and they're two steps ahead of the deep state again. Like in, in the afternoon, I'll take a nap, and I always have these dreams in the afternoon where God will just show me a scene of something happening behind the scenes that lets me know the White Hats are staying ahead of the deep state. Like mm -hmm. I have these dreams day after day after day, different scene every time, just a little vignette that lets me know um, that the good guys are more ahead of the deep state than most of us realize. I heard it through a, a little chat <laughs> channel that uh, you, you had a dream in the forest about Congress being arrested or a vision in the forest about Congress being arrested. Not Congress. Oh. So the first dream that I had that had to do with Spygate was it was the first week of November, November 2017. Okay, gotcha. November 2017, I had been following Spygate. Um, God had kind of put that on my radar in 2016. So I was following Devin Nunez and the House Intel Committee investigations. And I, I was following Spygate with, you know, Brian Cates and Undercover Huber and all the other uh, Twitter thread makers. Mm -hmm. And in November of 2017, I had a dream where I saw Robert Mueller and James Comey on a, a like a Learjet or a Gulfstream, and they were flying to Gitmo to be processed and charged for their crimes. I've had a lot of dreams like that since. I've seen the end of Hillary Clinton. Okay, tell me more about that. One night in a dream, the Lord showed me. It was a it was a symbolic dream, but I saw Hillary, and she was going on this insane tirade over the course of time. And she, her corruption was being exposed publicly. And she was still in the public. Uh, she wasn't in jail. So she was going on TV and she was speaking to audiences. And she was screaming and hollering and ranting about how everyone was falsely accusing her, how righteous she was, how patriotic she was, how what a great person she was. And I, I could just see her turning into this more desperate, evil ranting psych psychopathic person and her end was coming in the dream i knew that her the, her day of reckoning was coming and she was she stayed out in the public and she became more desperate and was ranting more more like a lunatic she just became this psychotic person who was just demanding 
uh, that she be exonerated and that people stop lying about her. And it, it was it was kind of weird just watching this thing happen. <laughs> and, like, okay, and this was well, November 2017, right? No, this this dream ahead about Hillary was probably back in probably 2019 or maybe okay. 2018. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've had a lot of I've had a lot of dreams like that, similar to that, where God has just shown me that hang in there because these people, their their demise is coming. One friend uh, in, in late in either 2017 or 2018 sent me a dream he had. He saw John Podesta's trial from Gitmo. And he was in the courtroom with Podesta. And Podesta was there at the at this table. And he said, my vision in a dream was so clear. I could see a camera, a TV camera, reflected in Podesta's glasses. That okay. is some that is some vivid dreaming. I hang around a lot of people who have who are very prophetic, and God continues to show us that these people are all going to be held accountable. They are going to be arrested. They're going to be tried, and justice is coming. That's why for the last four years, when all the you know doom and gloomers and the doubt fags you know show up, they're like nothing's going to happen. It's never going to change. No one's going to get arrested. You're just pushing hopium. I'm like, whatever. Say whatever you want. Like God's already shown me the end of this. I know how it's going to end. Yeah. I God is, has shown all a bunch of us how it's going to end. One of my friends actually has seen the fall of Babylon. He had this incredible experience where he saw, he was in this dream or vision, and he saw the fall of Babylon. When you say the fall of Babylon, do you mean like the, the symbolically? Okay, the symbolically. fall of this whole system, the whole symbolic yeah, the fall, the fall of this false system. Of, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, this false world system that we're under. He saw the fall of it. He actually spoke a word, or I think he went in and touched like this door, and the whole freaking thing fell down. Uh, <laughs> I have zero doubt that these people are going to be held accountable. And I don't, I don't look in the natural. I don't look at the news to and, and have the news inform me about what's happening. Mm -hmm. I God has already shown me so much of what's coming in the future. I'm just sitting back, chill. Like you know what? I know it's coming. God has shown me how it's going to end. Um, I'm just waiting for it to happen and trying to keep people's trying to keep keep people from jumping off the ledge. While they're waiting for the arrest to happen because the arrest are going to happen as people in our community get progressively calmer and more serene people outside of our community appear to be getting more depressed i've just noticed yeah. randos not randos but close friends of mine just saying here's what one guy said he said he said no matter what happens, even if there is some nice victory, it's just going to be a pyrrhic victory anyway. Basically creating a logic loop saying there is no way for anything good to ever happen. That kind of, that kind of yeah. doomsaying. Yeah. Well, if you look at what's happening in Australia, Germany, Austria, the UK, and if you, um, if you just look in the natural and say, well, this is the progression of mankind, this is the progression of society. We're, we're going to end up uh, in 1941 again with, you know, internment camps and extermination, mass, you know, extermination mm -hmm. of genocide and uh, evil tyrants in multiple countries enslaving their citizens. 
if you just look in the natural world and, and see the news, you would naturally think that's where we're going. Okay. And a lot of people think that. And a lot of people are depressed and they're giving, they're giving up hope because they think that's our fate. They think that that's an unavoidable future. We're not going to change that. That's just going to happen. Well, they can think that. Uh, God has shown me and a lot of my friends, he's shown us exactly the opposite. He has shown us that there is coming a day when this whole thing, the entire system is going to collapse. It's going to fall down and righteous people are going to rise up and we're going to have a rebirth of a bunch of nations around the around the world that are going to be revitalized, reborn. We're going to reestablish our constitutional rights and our God-given rights. And we are going to live in a world that you can't possibly imagine how good it's going to be because the corruption in the healthcare system, big pharma, the deep state, intelligence community, the corruption in academia, the corruption in Hollywood media, it's all going to be exposed. It's all going to be prosecuted. It's all going to fall down. And that whole system that has kept us in misery for centuries is going to be destroyed and replaced with something new. And God is going to be glorified in it when it happens. And it is going to happen. Makes me uh, makes me think of something. I often ask myself, how did we let it get this far? How did we let every single institution that we've relied upon and trusted to become so irretrievably riddled with 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 this rot of corruption? What could we have done differently in our society to make that not happen? And then I think to myself, maybe this was God's plan all along. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting to speculate about what God's plan is. Mm -hmm. Did God plan for us to become absentee uh, overseers of our culture? Did he plan for us to watch movies endlessly and play Halo and Call of Duty and abdicate our responsibility as, as responsible citizens? Did God want us to just turn a blind eye to every kind of corruption in, in, in education and government? I don't think he wanted us to do that, but because we chose to do it, God was like, okay, well, yeah. if you're going to do that, then I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got a plan that will work with what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've had, a, I've been keeping track of the chat and a lot of people have been asking uh, about Threadfest. Uh, Threadfest. Yes, Threadfest. So yes. for those of you in the audience who don't know, in Nashville, Tennessee, April 22nd through the 25th, at the Opryland Inn in uh, on Music Avenue, or anyway, threadfest.show, uh, we're going to have a, a, a gathering of members of this community, and we're gonna have speakers, yeah, a gathering, members of this community, and speakers who have been thread writers, just influencers in general, people that you have heard of, and you have followed, and that you have learned from, and we're all gonna kind of learn from each other. And uh, I've gotten a lot of these questions. For example, Chris Ranney uh, would like us to have prayer gatherings at Threadfest. Chris Ranney is going to be at, Thre uh, at Threadfest, for example. And uh, what what do you what do you think about uh, how would you how would you approach a big gathering like that? Probably two hundred people or so might be more, depending on how excited everybody gets. But uh, we're, well, we're looking at a small gathering. Two hundred. This is not my first gathering. 
I know. <laughs> it is mine. All right. It is the first one I've, I've organized. I, I, and I would not organize one of these things. You could pay me uh, a million dollars and I would not organize one of these things. I'm not, <laughs> Gee, I'm, not, I'm not the community organizer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the event organizer. Let's just put gotcha, it that way. Gotcha. Right. Um, we did, I, I have done a couple of gatherings and they were literally called the gatherings. Uh, up in uh, Tacoma when I was working up there. And it, these were conferences where we brought speakers in to talk about uh, spirituality, mainly healing, deliverance, and, and prophetic things. And I had a freaking blast. Yeah. Uh, when I go on the road and I go to a conference or I go to a, you know, one of these things, I bring the Holy Spirit with me, um, and I like to do demonstrations of God's power. I like to do demonstrations of His presence. Miracles happen. Uh, people get blasted by God, and He does really cool things with them. A lot of emotional healing tends to happen in those gatherings. Um, I sort of have an agenda. Uh, I don't want to force my agenda on you. and. Uh, and Threadfest. Um, when I get together with with my people who are going to be there, I, I kind of know what we're going to be doing. Uh, <laughs> if, if anyone else wants to participate in what we're doing, they're welcome to participate. Oh, you're, you're going to have a hundred percent participation from this group. I can tell you uh, that right now. One of the one of the, I've been speaking to every single every single person who buys a ticket to Threadfest talks to me on the phone to to do it. They, I took my cue from Clay Clark on that. He, he has a member of his staff call every single person who applies for a ticket just to have a quick convo beforehand as kind of a, I don't know, just a, it's just like a security feature. You talk to somebody before you invite them to your, your event. And every single one of them asks, oh my gosh, Praying Medic's going to be there. It's 100%. They're always, they're always excited that you're going well, to be there. Well, I'm excited because I don't do a lot of public speaking. Like the last time I did an event like this was up in Tacoma. And it was probably six years ago. Wow. Um, I just, I'm not a public speaker. I mean, I, I, not that I can't do public speaking. It's just not what God has called me to do. I got so you. So on the issue of ThreadFest, um, I will talk about whatever you want me to talk about. I have a variety. I can talk about Q. I can talk about politics, current events. I would rather talk about healing and miracles and, you know. That's the that thing. There, there is a, there is a, a purpose to ThreadFest to make it different from the other types of patriot events. Right. We already know just, the election not was just politics and, and bashing yeah. the deep state. Yeah, because here's what I felt like. So we had a small table at the Patriot Double Down, me and a few members of this community, a whole bunch of whom are in that trailer and are going to be speaking. And we noticed it was just a pep rally for people who were mad about the stolen election. Right. And we felt like it was a remedial class and we felt like we wanted something really advanced, something that would help us broaden our minds and things. Everybody here knows the ins and outs of election fraud. We know the ins and outs of corruption in the deep state. What I don't know, and I think a lot of members of this audience are very curious about would be something like, how do we command wounds to heal? How do we use our natural power to heal ourselves and to heal each other? And and things that are outside of the normal box are, are going to be the kind of things we talk about. Yep. And I, and I think that my sudden switch 
of topics a month ago to the supernatural was God saying, I have a plan to deal with all this junk. You guys just need to follow me and I will reveal it as we go. One of the things I think that God is going to reveal is a solution to the adverse side effects from the vaccines. That's okay. going to be huge because we have a lot of that. I, I don't have uh, any specifics on that yet from the Lord, but I have a very strong suspicion. I know how he works. I know kind of how he thinks. And if there's a if there's a problem in society, God always has a solution to it. Whether or not we embrace his solution is another issue, but he always has a solution to, to the problems. And I think that he's got a plan for a government, a self-governance of our nation that is radically different from the kleptocracy we're currently living under. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think God has a lot of plans for other things that I haven't probably even thought about right now. But, but I, I think it would be brilliant if we collectively don't just say, look, we got problems, let's propose some solutions. Absolutely. Here's, here's something interesting. I was just talking to Joe Pappas this morning, and we're going to have a, a, a we're going to have a bunch of fifteen minute speakers too, uh, people who hop up on stage. Maybe I interview them a little bit. We haven't exactly come up with the, but here's a here's an example of something we're going to cover: conquering fear. The biggest weapon against us is fear. The ability to weaponize fear and and make the people fearful. And the biggest message of the Bible that says over one of the most frequent messages in the Bible is be not afraid. And so learning how to command the powers that God has vested in us, learning how to conquer fear in new, in new ways that we might not have thought of. That was, that's another extremely important yep. one. Yeah. That's, that's a, a drum I've been banging on lately. Mm -hmm. uh, Denise and I did a podcast back in 2015 on overcoming fear and, and then the various aspects and nuances of how fear destroys our, our life and how we need to stand against and strategies and tactics on how to stand against fear, how to overcome it and how to live uh, with boldness and bravery in the face of ins insane, you know, like I said, look at what's going on in the news. How can anyone be living in joy and peace? But I know yeah. it's, it's the power of God. It is it is literally the power of God mm -hmm. that when we learn to walk in our identity and when we learn to walk in the power of God, that is the power that overcomes fear and intimidation. Mm -hmm. And that's why the uh, propaganda from the mainstream media has zero effect on me. Yeah. You can you could just let it roll right off your back. It doesn't make you mad. It doesn't make you anything. It becomes just this this powerless inert thing that happens to exist still. You know, and, and in the intellectual realm, it's because God has shown me what's coming to these evil people. He's going to take them out. <laughs> he is going to, nice. they're going to, the justice is coming. So intellectually, my mind knows, okay, God's got a plan to deal with this. And then spiritually, um, I, I do my best to live in the presence of the, of the Holy Spirit and he overcomes me, he overwhelms me with peace um, and confidence, uh, faith, if you want to call it that. Uh, and so I just go through my day 
not in fear. I sleep very well at night. I'm not worried and freaked out and troubled about all the things that are people are freaking out about um, because uh, my confidence is in God. Mine too. Bottom line. Another topic. Saint Richard, uh, one of our one of our com contributors. Saint Richard. Yep, Saint Richard, who who will be at Threadfest and will be covering the topic understanding where wisdom begins. So we've got healing, we've got conquering fear, and we've got understanding where wisdom begins. These are going to be the kind of top the kind of talks where we're 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 considering things we might not have considered before. That is that's our goal for the for the event. Awesome. Well, then I'm going to be right at home. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be uh, <laughs> it's going to be great fun. So we're almost at the hour, but here's the thing that the audience has been like asking a bunch of stuff. So at this time, guys, we're going to just take a couple minutes. Just ask me your ask questions that you'd like to ask to praying medic uh, in general to Dave, and uh, hopefully we can get a couple of those in there, and then we'll and then we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll adjourn for for now, but. This chat has just been loaded with people firing questions off crazy fast, and I, I haven't gotten to them because we've been <laughs> we've been talking to each other. So yes. I didn't want to. And I, I, for example, I've got one here, uh, MX Cooper five one seven saying yes, thank you. Hey Patrick, please. And I couldn't figure out what that was about. So I'd like to know what you're asking me for. And Mermaid Miss K says, if Patrick allows me, I will stream. Oh, Mermaid. Mermaid Miss K, you are welcome to stream to the event as, wait a minute, you're going to stream from the event. Okay. People are all asking, can we stream from ThreadFest? The short answer on streaming from ThreadFest is I'm totally open to doing it if we can do it well. If we're going to do it in disastrous, horrible way that's unwatchable, then I don't want to do it. So that's the... The Patriot Double Down screwed it up really bad, and it, the, there was no connectivity, and nobody could watch it. It sucked. So that's definitely ah. Toto Tabian asks, "How long have you been on your current path, Dave?" I've been pursuing a life of the miraculous since two thousand eight. Uh, I've I've been a Christian since two thousand. Um, I've been interested in politics and current events since 2016, roughly. And those are kind of the milestones for me over the last 20 years. Awesome. Awesome. Razor Sharp One asks, Dave, have you, Dave, have you seen the military stepping in? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, that's another reason why I'm, like, insanely confident about this. Mm-hmm. I had a dream. It was a very significant dream. January 17th of 2020, three days before Biden got inaugurated. I was waiting for the Lord to show me what was going to be coming in the future. Um, I'd had several dreams around the time of the election and after where God told me there's going to be a lot of broken hearted people I was going to have to minister to. All right. So, <laughs> so he prepared me ahead of time. Let me know. There's gonna be a lot of wounded, upset people, and you're. I'm gonna ask you to step in and help minister to these people, right? So that was November and December. In January 17th, I had a series of dreams. Uh, it was a dream in four scenes, and it was a symbolic dream. And what I saw was I saw these military storms in the Caribbean. I saw. I think there was one, two. There was three hurricanes on a map in the Caribbean 
And I knew that they were military storms. They were storms caused by the military. Now, it, it, prophetically in dreams, storms usually signify sudden, massive change. Mm -hmm. The fact that these were military storms told me that there was going to be military um, interventions that would cause drastic changes to the Western Hemisphere because I saw pretty much the whole Western Hemisphere on this map. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about it was I saw the water of these storms was in the far southwest part of the map and it was moving toward the far northeast corner of the map. And that kind of showed, suggested to me that um, this, it, it, was, it was a political uh, issue that was going to begin in the southwest part of the United States and it was going to end, end in the northeast. Well, Arizona is in the southwest. Washington, D.C. is in the northeast. And oh, the, gotcha, and the, yeah. The election, right, the election fraud investigation started in Arizona and it's going to culminate in, in the Northeast. It's going to culminate in Washington, D.C. I had several uh, other scenes in that dream that portrayed various aspects of what the military was going to do. I had several dreams later on over the next three weeks that showed military addressing problems in higher education, addressing problems in other parts of, of uh, society. Um, I am very, very confident that the military is going to make a move at the right time. And we've all been following Patel Patriots devolution. And what I'm seeing from the Lord is tracking very well with devolution. Outstanding. Another question. Have you ever healed anyone with autism? No, but I have a friend whose son was healed of autism. I wasn't involved. Um, this woman's son was diagnosed with autism when he was a year or two old. Um, he had testing every year up until his 18th birthday. They took him into a neurologist and they did a neuro exam on him every year. And every year, this woman prayed over her son to be healed every year. She just continually prayed over this kid. And... Her testimony is uh, his his uh, his place on the autism spectrum changed every year. She kept praying over him and praying over him, and she he would go in for testing, and every year his diagnosis on the spectrum would keep moving. On his 18th birthday, he went in for his last neuro exam, and the doctor said he has no signs of autism. So. The thing about healing is sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's progressive. Um, I don't understand why. <laughs> so, yeah. Some conditions take six months to a year or 10 years, mm -hmm. and some can be healed immediately. I know, I know people that have been received progressive healing of multiple sclerosis over the course of several months of prayer. When I have a friend, Tom Schermitzler, he lives here in Phoenix. He pastors a church, God's Living Room. He was instantly healed of multiple sclerosis about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. God just, boom, dropped a bomb on him. And he, yeah. he said he felt like liquid honey running over him. He was in a wheelchair, and he got up out of the wheelchair and ran around the church uh, healed. So I, I'm not, I don't know why some, some uh, people are healed 
immediately and some are healed over a period of time. Um, God has his purpose for that. Healing is a process and you just need to submit yourself to the process. Excellent. Hendricks Place asks, Dave, do you think some of the perpetrators of the evil have already been arrested, such as Podesta and Hillary? Nope. It's fake news. Fake people news. Who are, yeah, people who are reading real raw news um, yeah. and listening to these people yakking, running their mouths on YouTube about uh, Hillary Clinton's been uh, apparently executed for the third time uh, in, in a year. Uh, that's It's clickbait. They are taking your views and they're making money and ad revenue, giving you hopium. It's all a bunch of BS. <laughs> None of these people have been arrested yet. Uh, they haven't been executed three or four times. It's it's just it's nonsense. Yeah. And uh, if if anybody were to ask me that question, I would take it from a more, I would say anything's possible, but there is no evidence to support that claim. That's how I would. Right. That's how I would. Right. Put it. I mean, if you're going if you're going to look at news reporting, what is mm -hmm. the expectation of someone reporting news? Okay, mm -hmm. show me some video. Show me some photographs. Show me some documents. Show me some evidence that you're saying this happened. Mm -hmm. All right, where's the evidence? <laughs> and this real raw news and these people who, who they have no evidence of any of this, no photographs that, well, you know, we have secret intelligence sources inside the government are telling us that, you know, this person was executed. Like, yeah, okay. that is the best, the very best red flag ever is when somebody says, I have a super secret source inside the government. Right. You know, they're making it up. It, Throw the red flag. It's BS until you show me the video, show me the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. want to hear it. Exactly. All right. Let's see what else we got here. All right. So have you seen any of those uh, weird videos where you've got people on the screen with like like strange glitching out of CGI and, and Biden's hair disappearing? And you've seen any of those things? Well, I saw the microphone. Uh, the furry the microphone that was obviously at the, at the presser, yeah, at the presser out what on was the that? White House lawn, and the microphone goes like through. That is like okay. Well, I definitely that's not real. <laughs> They're doing something with that. Superimposing two videos. I've seen a little bit of that. Um, I, I don't know to what extent that happens. I really don't care. It's like if you haven't figured out yet that that the mainstream media is gaslighting you on a daily basis. Um, yeah, it's most of what they put out is just, it's either objective, objectively false or, or verifiably untrue. Or, or Biden doing that press conference about the jab or whatever he was doing and then them randomly like go into a different camera that shows they're clearly not at the white house and that it's in a, in an off the Eisenhower office building set. across the street or some nonsense. What? Yeah, I know. It's like, what are these people doing? They're not I, even trying to hide it anymore. What are they trying to hide? What? What are they failing to hide? Because all I'm seeing is something that's causing me to glitch out. You know, I'm yeah. just, okay, bite me is Biden is in the Eisenhower building. There's no good reason for that other than stuff they wouldn't want to tell us. So is he right. in the, does he have he's access to the White House? I don't we know. don't know. We don't know anything. I, I mean, no just idea. the degree of layers of deception there is no getting to the bottom of it, in my opinion. You just have to, you just, our job doesn't change no matter what's happening. Our job is to get those freaking machines no longer in our voting process. Go to paper ballots, get our elections reasonably honest, and the, the, 
the, the crazy battle taking place up at the top is not something we're going to have visibility into on a granular level. That's just the way True. I look at it. True. Freaking, and it's frustrating because the outcome of that battle matters, matters so much. I'm going to, I'd like to say something real quick. Speaking of um, cults and false religions, which is what we started out this conversation with, there are a lot of people who are suffering from anxiety and fear over what they see happening in the world. Yes. They see inflation. They see the boats backed up. They see uh, what China is doing down in you know, their military maneuvers. They see what Russia is doing. They see what's happening in, in Europe, and they're kind of observing what's going on. And it's easy to sort of think that things are getting out of control and out of hand, and we're sliding into a very dark age. When you are in a situation where you're seeing things that are causing fear, some people are trying to overcome that fear by going to real raw news. And real raw news will tell you every day that Mueller or Comey or Podesta has been put in jail or executed because they're selling you uh, a fantasy that you want to believe is true. Because if you hear that information, it's going to take away your fear. <clears throat> and you're going to think, oh, the good guys are really in control. They've got all these people rounded up and they're executing them. And there's really... When you see Hillary, it's just somebody wearing a mask or it's, you know, it's a clone or whatever. Well, what you're doing is you're substituting a one false reality for another one. Okay. Yeah. Because what has happened, what, what, what the mainstream media is portraying as reality is false. And what these hopium sellers are portraying as, rea as reality is false. Why would you trade one false reality for another one? What you want is peace. What you want is confidence. You don't want to live in fear. And you feel like I have to go follow these people on social media. I have to watch these videos. I have to get this information because they have got insider sources in the government and they're going to tell me that everything's okay. Well, why don't you go to the Holy Spirit? Why don't you go to God and ask God what's happening? Because God knows for a fact, what is happening now, what's going to happen in the future. And God is our refuge. He is a strong tower. If we make our abode in him, he will keep us safe. He will give us peace. He'll give us comfort. And he's never going to lie to us. And what I would encourage you to do is ditch that fake news, conservative news, the, the fake hopium that people are selling you on both sides, just ditch it all and go to God and say, Lord, I don't want to freak out every day. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to have anxiety attacks. I want to sleep tonight. Can, can you overshadow me? Can you overpower me with your peace and let me know that everything's going to be okay? And he will do it. And then you won't have to worry. Like I, I the reason why I walk in such joy and confidence is that I have asked God, look, you know what's going on. You know the future, and you can give me peace. I ask you to do it. And he's done it. He does it every single day. And I'm going to give you a tip. Denise has, has had insomnia for several years. 
Recently, I just started asking, Lord, bring your presence upon Denise. Bring, I, write this down. <laughs> I don't believe in formulas, but I want you to write this down. I, every night for the last two weeks, I've been asking the Lord, Lord, bring your presence over Denise, and I command evil spirits to go. Spirits of fear and anxiety and worry, I command those spirits to leave, and I ask the Lord to bring his presence in our room. She has slept really well for the last two weeks. She used to have to listen to podcasts every night to sort of uh, to distract her mind so that she could go to sleep. She doesn't really have to listen to podcasts anymore to go to sleep. Her insomnia is pretty much going away. And it's because I'm asking God to bring his presence in a room and he's giving her peace so she can sleep through the night. And if you're struggling with anxiety and fear, I would seriously ask you to ask God, bring his peace, bring his presence, get rid of fear, and your life is going to change for the better. I guarantee it. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I've felt so much, so much better since I learned, I, I'm not going to get to the bottom of this on my own. God has the, God knows the way and all I have to do is follow. Yep. He'll, he'll give you the information you need. <laughs> so I've had a request. I've had a request uh, from the audience as we wrap up for me to finish up the show today uh, with a prayer for peace. Uh, and I normally finish with the St. Michael prayer. I think I'm going to do both because there's no reason for us not to. They're both Go short prayers. So uh, first of all, before I begin with the, the uh, final prayer and everything, I just want to let everybody know that you can go get your tickets for Threadfest. How? Threadfest.show. And then you just fill out the form and then you put your number in there and tell me a good time to call you. And then I, uh, I set it up for you. So with that said, let us begin with a prayer for peace. And before we do that, one quick thing. Finally, Dave, thank you so much for being here. Everybody, please go to prayingmedic.com or prayingmedic.org. And then, of course, check out the Praying Medic Telegram channel. And, of course, you will be able to see Dave in person at ThreadFest in Nashville. Go to threadfest.show. Let us pray. Loving God, please grant me peace of mind and calm my troubled heart. Give me the strength and clarity of mind to find my purpose and walk the path you've laid out for me. I trust your love, God, and know that you will heal this stress just as the sun rises each day against the dark of night. Amen. And finally, my friends, let us pray. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. I love you all. Thank you so much for being here, and I will see y'all tomorrow. I will be the greatest president that God ever created. <laughs>